is the News Roundup from FITV, I'm Paula Fomes. On Tuesday, fish ops received a call that there was a man overboard from the Taiwanese jigger Hassan Ho 88. A search was conducted in the area, but at the time of this recording, there has been no further news. In the weekly COVID update on Tuesday, it was announced that there are currently eight positive cases in the Falkland Islands. All cases have been found during quarantine surveillance swabbing. The next swab update will be on the 3rd of March as part of the monthly COVID question and answer session. If you have any questions you would like answered, please send them to news at fitv.co.fk. A further 2,200 doses of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine have been delivered to the Falkland Islands as part of the UK government's agreement to supply overseas territories with COVID-19 vaccines. That's tremendous, isn't it? I mean, we are a small community, but the United Kingdom is now committed to having all their adults vaccinated by the, by, by the end of July. So 18s and above will all be vaccinated. This second batch will enable us to do a large percentage, not all of our adults, but it will be, it gives us the opportunity to vaccinate all those high risks and certainly all those people down to probably the age of the early 40s. So we will be immune from the virus as much as anyone understands that at the moment. So it's a tremendous time, absolutely tremendous. The trial of Benjamin Hoyle started in the Magistrates Court on Thursday relating to an incident which occurred outside the Leisure Centre on the 12th of September last year. Mr Hoyles was found guilty on two counts of threatening behaviour and not guilty to one count of causing criminal damage. He remains on conditional bail until the 17th of March where he will be sentenced. The Legislative Assembly met on Thursday morning at the Chamber of Commerce. Eight questions were asked in the Assembly, ranging from updates about FIMCO's preparation for the upcoming season, homes on Bennett's paddock incorporating renewable energy, and the proposed new waste management facilities. Among the regulations noted by the Legislative Assembly, the Honourable Ian Hansen explained the regulations around quarantine rules. The Honourable Dr Barry Ellsby then confirmed that there are some people who come down to the Falklands and have partial exemptions from quarantine. In relation to the partial exemption matter where um, people who have to come in here to do essential work, be that for the military or for the civilian population, um, we, we just need a bit of clarity on that and it's something that I've spoken to the Chief Executive about at our last meeting, which is to be absolutely clear uh, and I think we should provide some written instructions so that the person who is actually arriving here, when they arrive, they know exactly what they can do. If they haven't been exempt from all regulations, they've been partially exempt. And it would be, I think, beneficial to have a clear instruction sheet for that person so that they know what they can do while they're working. And more importantly, they know they have to go and quarantine fully once they finish their work. And I know the, uh, the Honourable uh, Chief Executive is working on this. So I think that just, again, will add clarity for those people who are coming down on a partial exemption. In the portfolio reports, the Honourable Teslin Bartman touched on the problems Falkland Landholdings had had. FLH have been operating with fewer staff than usual and also had no employed seasonal workers. Wool productivity had been on the rise on most farms and the average farm micron was expected to stay the same due to conditions. It would appear that average farm micron will remain relatively constant or perhaps even increase slightly this year compared to last year on the back of favourable growing conditions last summer. 
Weather conditions over recent summer months have not been so kind with dry conditions impacting on pasture growth. Supplies of water are falling in some areas with large water reserves now dry. To date, farm managers have been able to move stock to manage both feed and water conditions. Provided sufficient rainfall occurs over the next few months, and certainly today there seems to be a fair few, in Stanley at least, no negative impacts on stock welfare are expected. Over the past few weeks, you will have seen fishing vessels in the harbour here to pick up licences to fish for squid. These vessels are known as jiggers and have to go through safety training before being granted a licence to fish. Fortuna have been organising these training sessions, which have been particularly tricky this year with restrictions in place due to the COVID pandemic. We spoke to James Wallace of Fortuna about the safety training and MLA Roger Spink about the risk to the Falklands community from having these safety briefings in the town hall. Uh, so any member of crew coming ashore will have spent a minimum of two weeks um, quarantining at sea and will be on board a vessel which has no active cases of COVID-19 nor any crew members demonstrating symptoms. So that's where we are with the vessels that are coming in. Uh, but in addition to that, the companies and their local partners are taking additional precautions of wearing face masks, being transported directly into town on launches and then directly up to the town hall or, or wherever they're, they're going for their training. And um, so we are minimising the risk to the general public in addition to having clean only clean vessels being allowed into territorial waters. So um, we, public safety is paramount and therefore obviously the companies are taking extra precautions to try and uh, make sure that uh, the general public can be uh, reassured that uh, we're minimising any risk in the Falklands. So we work with um, Taiwanese uh, vessel owners um, and a number of uh, the vessels uh, come from Korea as well. We will see details of the, um, the quarantine um, periods that the men will um, uh, go through in, in Taiwan. Uh, we're also um, seeing the, um, the uh, temperature um, recordings that the vessels are taking on a daily basis during the, the transit to the Falkland Islands. They'll be at sea for 25 days. Um, the, the vessels must be uh, declared clean vessels prior to entry into the zone. And then, before the men come off the vessel to go um, to the town hall to, um, to have their safety training, we're taking their, um, their temperatures. Uh, the men are then, um, they then go to the town hall by launch and by bus, where movements are, are carefully controlled. I think, I think the risks are, are, are very small. Um, uh, we've asked permission, we've asked the men's permission to take their temperatures before they come off the ships. Nobody has refused, and we have not had any higher, um, any high, any high temperatures at all, so we think the risk is very small. For the past eight years, the swimming pool has been in and out of trouble. After a consultation in 2012, a massive refurbishment project was undertaken and the pool reopened in 2014. But the swimming pool was once again closed in December 2019 after UK engineers surveyed the structure. This week, the media were invited to see what work has been done on the pool over the last year or so. Put it, put it on. Okay. That's it. With MLA Dr Barry Elsby laying the first tower on the newly refurbished pool, it signalled that the end is finally in sight for a pool that has faced issues since opening. 
The path to having a working swimming pool in the Falklands has been a long one. In 2012, a consultant reviewed the state of the pool and said that there was urgent need for work to be carried out. Following the work, the pool was reopened in 2014. That was not to be the end of the problems at the swimming pool, with the PAC publishing a scathing report in 2019 about the works undertaken. It made several recommendations, including stressing that FIG must look at whole life rather than just short-term costs on a project, and also urging that FIG have a maintenance budget in place when looking at future projects. The pool was closed over a year ago in December 2019 after engineers surveyed the structure and recommended that the fibreglass lining be removed and testing be done on the structure to make sure that the pool was watertight. And so the current building works began. As part of the original investigation, we, um, the team took core samples, what is known as core samples, so we took um, samples of the concrete out of the pool we sent it to a laboratory in the UK. We had that checked and a report was returned on the quality of the concrete, which was surprisingly good. Um, I think um, a lot of people were surprised about that. We also did a lot of other tests um, around the pool, surrounds. We took soil samples outside, sent that to the laboratory to check for any water leaks. Um, where we f and then during the um, investigation, we found small issues. Those were addressed with a structural engineer. We um, employed a, a structural engineer as well, who provided us with uh, guidance of how to repair these, the minor defects that were found on the on the on the tank walls and on the tank floor. So um, during the t during the quiet times, we did a painting uh, of the leisure centre. The roof needed work, so that was completed. Um, there was tiling work done in the surrounds around the pool. Um, also, a new sauna has been installed. We've um, upgraded, not upgraded, but painted out the, the change rooms, uh, the male and female change rooms. We've added some extra water, wastewater handling, so when water spills out of the pool, that it gets taken away rather than um, damages the existing walls, which was a problem in the past. And then also the plant room. Uh, our partners at Energize, they've been um, upgrading uh, the pipework within the, in the plant room, which needed to be done anyway. So that was done during the quiet times. The crew from Guncast Swimming Pools Limited came to the Falcons in January and after completing quarantine, set to work on the pool. Well, it's halfway there. Uh, it's great pride that we are able to help the community. Um, it is a milestone. It's ready to, uh, to uh, put more tiles. And yeah, it's, it's a great privilege to be here. It is hoped that the work should be completed by May 2021 and under budget based on the current schedule. The approved budget was £650,000 um, for the, all the work, um, not only the tiling work but all the other works was 650000 and we're well within budget and by all measurements we should remain well within budget and even complete the project under budget. 
It's been an awfully long process, and I think it's only since that pool closed, this pool closed, that we've realised just how much we missed it. And I think everyone is looking forward to the pool coming, uh, opening again, hopefully at the end of May. Um, and, and I think that affects not just the, the, the high-power swimmers who want to compete in the Ireland's Games, but people like my grandchildren who just want to potter in a pool. Uh, and so I think as a community, we're just looking forward to the day when it does open at the end of May. The Criminal Justice Council are seeking lay members from the community to sit on the council. The council aims to make the criminal justice system more effective and efficient. We spoke to Crown Council Mr Stuart Walker about the role of the Criminal Justice Council and what becoming a lay member entails. The Criminal Justice Council is a body of professional and lay people whose job it is to supervise the criminal justice system to make sure that it's running fairly and efficiently. So the council is chaired by the senior magistrate, uh, there's a representative from the police force, from the probation service, uh, local defence lawyers and members of the government legal service. But the most important members on the council are ordinary members of the public uh, who can give a layperson's perspective on how the criminal justice system is working and help to make improvements. The Criminal Justice Council currently has a vacancy for a layperson, a member of the public. Uh, the council meets about four times a year. Uh, they will be looking at how the criminal justice system is working, how quickly uh, it deals with cases, uh, and also advising the Chief Justice on sentencing guidelines. Uh, so a person who joins the Criminal Justice Council uh, will be giving their views and opinions on how they think the system's working from the point of view of a member of the public and also helping to develop sentencing guidelines so that the criminal courts have consistency in their approach to dealing with cases. Uh, anybody interested in applying for the vacancy should contact Miss Emma Fulton at the courts and tribunals. And finally I should say it probably sounds quite daunting joining a council consisting of lawyers and a judge and members from the police force. Uh, but it's not at all. Uh, the council uh, is run very informally. Everybody gets the opportunity to speak. Uh, and in particular, the views of members of the public, the lay representatives, are highly valued. Georgia Seafoods Limited's long-line fishing vessel FV Tronio returned from her three-month fishing trip in the Ross Sea at the end of January this year. General Manager Joost Pompert had the pleasure of joining the vessel's crew on the annual voyage. So we departed Stanley on the 30th of October, um, arrived close to the Ross Sea, which is the other side of Antarctica, south of New Zealand. <coughs> Three weeks later, uh, we were in position like a week before the 1st of December. Uh, the fishery opens on the 1st of December, so we started on that first day of December. So working a lot with the crew in the factory to see how they operate and see where there could be improvements made in the factory to improve product quality. Um, but just see general operations. Um, I also worked quite a bit on, uh, on skates because in that region they catch skates and they have to tag them for recapture, which is part of a migration and aging uh, work that, that Kamla does. We have to work on product quality and crew safety and also it was an excellent opportunity to actually get to know the crew, uh, captain, officers, engineers, uh, factory operators, all these people to uh, 
get them to, to know them in, in a working environment because normally you just only see them for a day here and a day there um, and so by comparison spending three months with them is actually quite a different uh, different ball game. I've always wanted to go to Antarctica you know it would be a fantastic place to actually go and see for yourself but the, the length of time is quite extensive. Um, so that is one draw, but on the, you know, the other thing is, is they are very difficult fishing conditions. And so unless you actually go and see that for yourself, you have no appreciation. Uh, it is cold. Um, the weather isn't bad because actually compared to where the Falklands, it's always stormy. And so the seas can be quite bad. In Antarctica, on the contrary, in the six weeks, we had one day where there was a bit of wind for six or seven, but the rest is flat calm. But it brings all sorts of challenges. You're far away from anywhere, and so you've got to be really prepared to, to be away for that length of time, fuel-wise, uh, provisions, but also your safety. You've got to have spare parts of everything and, and another spare part, just in case. So they run it really to a high standard. I'm, I am really impressed by the quality of the work and the dedication to actually doing the right thing. And this is company driven, but it's also, you know, the captain that carries that forward. You know, the captain has got to buy into these things to actually do that well. Actually, it is uh, surprisingly nice to be at sea. Um, it's a particular mindset and um, you've got to, you got to have enough things to do while you're at sea. I mean, I, I, I like reading some books, so I read a few books. And we made some music at sea, so that's also quite nice. And uh, obviously, there's always time to talk to various people. Um, um, but yes, it's not like home, of course. So. And that's it for the FITV News Roundup for this week. If you'd like to watch Falklands in Focus online, then go to fitv.co.fk and follow the instructions on our channel. You can also view Falklands in Focus via the KTV platform in the Falkland Islands by contacting a KTV on 22349. Join us next week for the latest news in the Falklands.